Hi, friends, fellow evolvers and curious people everywhere. Welcome to this episode of Being with Sally Wilson. I'm Sally Wilson, and I am thrilled to have as my guest today, Dr. Jim Skivalidas, who is the founder of the I'm Just a Man Foundation. Welcome, Jim. Hi, Sally. So good to speak to you and see you again. Thank yeah. you for having me Oh, look, it's, it's my pleasure. And look, we, we go back a few years now and I've had the privilege of, of seeing what you're doing and how it's developed over several years. Um, but before we go into what you're doing now, I would love to give the listeners just a bit of an idea of who you are and kind of, you know, where you're coming from. Um, so what do you do? I guess the, the best way to describe myself on a I'm a holistic chiropractor, so with a real kind of mind-body-sleep approach, um, you know, without trying to blow my own trumpet, a lot of people will call me more than a chiropractor, and, I, and that probably is fitting because I bring together kind of mind, body, and sleep. Um, the mind part is I have studied kinesiology and I use it in practice, and, and obviously that's the, the bigger extension into the I'm Just a Man Foundation. The body part is just kind of my very hands-on integrative kind of body work that I do and what I call body sculpting chiropractic work and then um, there's a sleep part so I do a lot of work around designing my own beds and mattresses as part of healthy being so that's kind of the connection of those three put together. Yeah and and you're a a rock fan and musician too right? (laughs) I am a massive massive Kiss fan I, yep. I don't I don't lie. I'm missing the fact that I can't be on a Kiss Cruise. I'm on Kiss Cruise on a Kiss Cruise each year with the band with two and a half thousand, you know, fellow crazy fans. And I'm a huge in excess fan. Um and you know, the kind of the rock music stuff really was a, a sort of a yeah, I didn't realise how it was all gonna unfold, became part of a the biggest inspiration with the whole I'm just a man foundation. And I'm just a man is actually an in excess song, right? That's a, yeah, a wonderful yeah. song as well. It, it is like um, if I can give a background story on how this all evolved. Um, almost seven years ago now, I um, my chiropractic clinic burned down in Port Melbourne, in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and it made national news and. You know, the, the weirdest thing was, I don't, know if, I don't know, if you know if you know this, Sally, but I had left Saturday afternoon, I remember, from the practice and I was heading for Perth because I was finishing off my chiropractic paediatric studies. And the weirdest thing was um, I, by the time I got back, which was the Monday morning, 1 a.m., uh, back home, so it was back within almost 48 hours. My brother had called me at 7.15 that morning as I was heading, before I got up to go to work and had told me, you know, um, they, uh, the police and that fire brigade, were at the four fire brigades just off Bay Street in Port Melbourne trying to put out this fire that obviously completely destroyed the roof. And, you know, it was a big turning point in my life that day. I, I didn't realise um, until two years after that that I had these, probably the right way to say it, and I say this respectfully, if anyone ever gets challenges, I, I had what was like, you know, kind of suicide ideation or thoughts. And, you know, it was really the collapsing of 
the way I reflect back on my identity. You know, mm-hmm. you're not good enough, was going through my head, you can't treat clients, you can't look after your wife, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you're a disgrace. All these weird things just in a flash entered my head because of what I saw and obviously put a lot of value into that. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was when I was in this almost like lull period, you know, trying to re-find my life, um, someone threw um, what you you know used to be part of our B9 network, actually my commercial lawyer, had suggested that I go and do, go and be in a band. And I thought that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Even though I love music, it's one thing to love it, another thing to perform it. And as you know, you're an incredible performer. So I ended up doing this program called um, Weekend Warrior, and that was in 2016. But what ended up happening from that, I fell in love with performance and music. And it was then a year later in May of 2017 when uh, sorry, Chris Cornell, the guy from Soundgarden, passed away from suicide. And, and you know, I started getting these visions of maybe I need to put together something with music and mental health. It was just an idea. Mm. And then in July of 2017, I just actually told someone yesterday about this. Um, I met Kirk Pengilly the very famous saxophonist and multi-instrumentalist from NXS. And Chester Bennington had also taken his life, unfortunately. He was a friend of um, Chris Cornell. And then that's when I'm Just a Man was born. And the song, um, the, the I'm Just a Man, which really means I'm just a human, is a song that Michael Hutchins wrote and performed before the days he passed away. It was written the year before he passed away. And it's about his family, about being part of a family, having a mother and a father and a brother and a sister, and regardless of whatever status you might be in your own family status, and I hope everyone's okay out there, we're part of someone and something. Yeah. So that was kind of the, and then I saw this concept of, you know, looking, using the, you know, the music, power of music, because people relate so much to music. And rather than going, oh, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do this because I'm a fan and go, oh, Michael Hutchins is this rock icon, I'll go, yeah, he is, but he's also just a human being who also experiences and suffers these challenges. And I thought, well, that's everybody. I went through that. And whereas I found music as a salvation for me, it was like, well, how can I use that salvation and the sad stories of music to bring people together. And that's what we did with I'm Just a Man. So a big part of I'm Just a Man is using kind of music theme and rock and roll, I guess, and hence in person. The first three galas were, um, you know, guys dressed up in their suits and rock T-shirts, no, no shirts and ties, none of that heavy corporate stuff. And it just opens up a communication because people were wearing, I remember, in the First year in excess, Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, <laughs> Led Zeppelin. It just creates conversation. Yeah. While you're here. And then it's like, oh wow, what a great way to break down. And we have face painting too, you know. So that's the kiss thing. But yep. yeah, it was like using that power of music. And then and then obviously the the next parts that I found that were powerful with I'm just a man was um then bringing, I guess, people from the mental health charities. That have yeah. and, and they're all different. Beyond Blue is very different to Movember. That's different to Are You OK? That's different to Love Me, Love You Foundation. That's mm. different to Outside the Locker Room. But everyone brings a spin. So my idea was then how can I bring aspects of these different people together 
we're very blessed. You know, we've had some incredible speakers. I mean, last year I had Michael Hutchinson's sister speak. It was a Zoom call. You know, that was a real honour. I had the guy that wrote the song with Michael Hutchins, Andrew Farris. Mm. I interviewed him. That was like, I can't believe I'm interviewing this guy, you know. We did it mm. two days beforehand because he lives on a farm and the thing cuts out. You know, and I asked him some tough questions. I didn't ask him, oh, what's your favourite In Excess album? I asked him how he felt 23 years after Michael's passing. I asked him what I'm just a man means to him. Yeah. And, and, so, and so, Jim, the, so the main aim of I'm Just a Man is suicide prevention, yes? Yeah, it's like, it's got, again, it's that, again, involves, it's really the, the biggest focus was because of what I experienced, I was, I was surprised I felt like that. Mm. I've had a family history of suicide on my father's side, mm. predominantly males and females, believe it or not. I dismissed it growing up and thought, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going to say this. I, I, and maybe it's that typical male response. I said, oh, what an idiot. And I eat my words today, mm. you know, and go, you know what, how dare I say that. Mm. And so I, I, I thought, well, hang on, people are suffering here. So it's around, yes, raising the awareness of male suicide, which is a very high statistic, normally 75% of suicides. Uh, in over 40 countries around the world, including Australia, are males. Whether you're in Japan, Australia, UK, it's a weird, it's, something's happening there. Um, not to say that females don't obviously suicide. And then we bring together men and women in that concept around the males, but we end up talking about both anyway. So it's, yeah. it's a great community experience, yeah. Yep. So just going back to your experience, Jim, you know, there might be some people listening or some loved ones um, listening of people who, who are going through what you went through back then. You've touched on how it was, how it felt. Can you just delve into that a little bit more for us? You know, there was this, um, when I think back at that time, you know, it's like I had this weird feeling where, I, start, I started floating above the experience, mm. so I wasn't grounded. Mm. Um, and when I look at what ended up happening, what I recall that happened, I woke up the following morning. I stayed at my mum's house that night, I remember. Sorry about that, it's kind of mm. A lot of people had come to my mum's place. And the news was on, I remember, with the, I, did, I never watched any news on it. I, I, I knew to save my own spirit and soul not to do that because yep. I was already in a, in a state, I call it. But when I woke up the following morning and then I thought it was a nightmare, mm. I went to the house and it was completely barricaded because it had to be from the fire brigade and the police. Mm. And I had this thing where I call, I had an argument with God, a swearing God if you don't mind me saying that, it was like, if I can just say, swear for a moment, I said, I remember looking up and going, what the fuck do you want me to do? Mm. I thought I meant to be a chiropractor. These are the conversations I'm having, six o'clock in the morning. And then I had those thoughts, you know, you can't serve your clients. Um, you can't look after your mum because I'm her caretaker. You're not going to have a child. You're in the middle of IVF. That's not going to happen. Mm. 
you're a disgrace. I have this weird thing I'm a disgrace because because the clinic was on a big corner site in Port Melbourne. Mm. And then I had it, um, you know, everyone can see you, all this weird stuff. Mm. And then I was like, I'm going to go and jump off the Westgate Bridge. That's what I thought. And underneath that thought, was there the sense my family would be better off without me? Oh, I just, I, I, I don't know if I went that far. I just went, maybe, that's a good point. I've never really gone that far with it. I was ashamed. The big, yeah. I was ashamed. Yeah, yeah. It was like shame, like yeah. maybe behind that is they're better off without me. Yeah. I know, look, a lot of, a lot of people who... Um, who come to practitioners like me um, who, who've experienced something similar often, uh, I mean, hope you always hope that someone will reach out for help <laughs> before they get to that point um, because it's just the most, it's just the darkest, most dreadful place. But, but um, often there, there is that thought, my family will be better without me. And if anyone's listening who has been thinking that, please know your family will not be better without you. <laughs> and so, there is a way to get to the other side of your pain. You won't be experiencing this forever. You know, it, 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 this stuff can be resolved. And so, Jim, when you, were, when you were going through this, what is it that helped you to find your way through? Because I've done some, quite a bit of personal development, Probably the first things that I did was, you know, I have men, you know, there was like this combined mentors from stuff I've done with John DiMartini and then Dalai Lama. And it was more like, number one, I'd seen someone who came to the second gal that I asked to speak, and it was Andrew Griffiths. And it was just being vulnerable first, discovering this vulnerability. And he had talked about Brene Brown. And I remember seeing him on stage and going, and that was before the fire, by the way. Mm. And I was like, how does he do that? Mm. You know, well, that's weird. How do you do vulnerability? You know, that's a little, that's a big thing, right? That's what mm. I thought. Yeah. And then I just had this in, need to reach out to him and, and he became my mentor for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing did was really, if I had to then go methodical about it, was really find where I'm grateful in my life. Mm. You know, so I, I did this thing where I went, hang on, my patients are still around. I just got to find a new home. Mm-hmm. So, and I did another thing where I went, um, hang on, uh, my arms and legs are still here and I can think mm. so I can create and move. Yeah. But then another thing that I did was honestly was, you know, I, I remember, and this was, uh, I'll never forget and if I get emotional with this one. I remember getting, there was a moment where I got home at mum's place that night and I sat down between my mum and my wife and I, I, and I just collapsed. And I never talk about that. And, and that they knew I had gone there. And I go, and that's, that's a second one, I go, what the fuck was this all about, you know? Yeah. But they were there, yeah? They were there. They were present. Even just listening, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I remember that. So knowing that, knowing then if I look at I'm just a man, you create or tap into that community. There's a community out there. Let's bring, let's make more communities. Yeah. That's what it was. So, and then I had my mates around, you know, like yeah. there was, a, that, I realised a lot of the stuff was the talk in my head, yeah. Yes. You know, and then people around me gave me 
good support, some tough love as well, you know, from a gratitude perspective. Like one of my best mates, Theo, he took me out when I was real like I relocated within nine days. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> he, you know, gym style. And then yeah. he sat me down and said, you know, where have you contributed to this? And it wasn't, that's very harsh to say that, but it was not. It was like, where have you contributed to this? Not not blaming, no, uh, not in a karmic way. It was more, or maybe it is in some ways, but it was more like, you know, where have your, where are the buckets, where are the holes in your bucket that you might have not, you know, their life's giving you this massive lesson. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of that kind of reflection that happens, and I still continue that today, by the way. Yeah. And then the music stuff just sort of came about because I got introduced to, to playing music, and then I put the two together. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, I'm really interested in this idea, how do you do vulnerability? So how, so for people out there, you know, particularly in Australia, you know, guys learn not to express vulnerability um, in general. Um, and I think most guys aren't even aware of that, that, that that's what they've learned. That's what they've picked up from their environment, that they're somehow not allowed to be vulnerable um vulnerability from my understanding is what allows us to be really truly strong <laughs> but i want to hear um how you what your process of learning how to be vulnerable like like you said how do you do vulnerability i guess because because um because when i started doing the music stuff mm. you know and that was all new to me so here I am on a stage performing in Los Angeles. And, I mean, you know this because you've got experience, way more experience than me. But it's I, it's like I threw myself in. Obviously, I knew at some level innately I could do it. But but to be on stage with your rock icon, like Paul Stanley from Kiss, it didn't matter what anybody thought. So so there was this kind of like being, I, I, I discovered this authenticity to be myself that's what it was. I discovered mm. to be myself and just share how I feel. So because I've seen Andrew Griffiths do that or maybe I've been seeing these rock icons of mine who just threw themselves on the stage and it's like this kind of open expression, I just found that what I discovered was, say in the Australian way, was, you know, man up, mate, and, you know, you're a wuss, all that kind of language. Mm. That's obviously changing at some level, yep. but it still exists. It's very, it's still there. And I just noticed that because I started to, because in the past I would care what you think I would say if I showed, if I showed a part of my insides, mm. I then became somehow by expressing, I became comfortable with being that vulnerable person. And I had one of my best mates ask me, are you acting? Are you making this up? Hmm. It's really weird. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. He goes, you're trying to get attention. I went, no, mate. I said, I just, I went through what I went through. And because of what I've experienced, I just then want to share. I then I've, I found by being open and vulnerable, others would do the same. Yeah. That was my thing. And so vulnerability for me was just, yes. It's almost like if there's a cup and that's your life mm -hmm. and it's, it's at different levels, at the bottom part there's sometimes clay and sludge 
and you've got to go there somehow. And I don't promote to stay in darkness. You just got to tap into it and own that part and go, that's me. It's okay. And it's okay to be part of that, to yeah. feel that and connect to it. But find a way to come back up again or maybe go around it a couple of times mm. with safety and support, love, et cetera, and strategies and techniques. So it was more like um, being totally honest to yourself. And I guess the thing for me was like because of what I experienced could have been touch wood, you know, the end, it's like what you got. What, what's left on the, on the table? Let it, put everything on the table. That you can be comfortable and open and honest enough to go, you know what, this is who I am and I'm moving forward. And I, and I did, obviously, having done, you know, I spent a lot of time the last four years around different groups, yeah. men's mental or human mental groups, and, you know, a lot of this theme seems to come through a lot. So. Yep. So to waffle. <laughs> No, not at all, Waffle, not at all. And, and Jim, through that process, did it allow you to let go of this, this construct that you had experienced as shame? Freedom. It was yeah. freedom. Yeah. Total freedom. Liberty. Yeah. So, you know, music-wise, you know, I haven't stopped. I'm, I'm in, I've been in like three bands. You've got a fourth band coming up now. And all, all, the, all the last two bands I've been part of is, is around kind of but then our, my latest band I'm doing and we've been at it for two years because of lockdowns, can't do much. Yeah. But, you know, I, I bring in mental health, yep. you know, and vulnerability and just if I can do it and I, I don't have any experience, like you can do anything you want in your life, you know, not hold back. And that's a big thing, like because, people, you know, when, you, when I looked at suicide, for example, you know, I found different things, but a big thing that I found was, you know, men and women, but I'll say men because I'm a man, I identify as a man, is um, just that lack of joy or loss of joy. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. And so I, I like to bring joy every day if I can into my, into my life. And I want others to do the same. And, and you, when you start to break down, because you might find guys and girls get into this typical relationship and kids and mortgage and just you know mundane day-to-day activities it's like well setting aside time for your joy time you know yeah that that may inspire me more in my own business yeah and like i and you um alluded to the fact that the dalai lama was one of your um influences definitely one of your influences and he says when you know when he was asked right what how can we lower the suicide this is years ago how can we lower the suicide rate he said he just chuckled and he said more fun more fun <laughs> he, really yeah and, and do, you, do you know what it was for me with the Dalai Lama like I remember going to Brisbane and I made a book for him I never I gave it to his entourage and it was about his 80th birthday but it was me healing through all this stuff and he would take I'm going to show this on this he would go to animals and children and grab the hands or the animal and put it against his body mm. I just wanted that pureness and and being open and vulnerable oh, there was something yeah. about that I thought he's prepared to show it all doing that yeah and and all the street, you just go up to an animal on the ground and just do that and express love yep and and listeners Jim was just holding as though holding you know a hand or or you know something up to his cheek you know so yeah, that's the hands of children it's yeah. like so it's like 
yeah, that's where I also, you know, it's like, it's okay. It's not not being methodical, not being, oh, I'm going to persuade people to be vulnerable, some kind yeah. of technique. It was just this kind of just presence. Is not yes. the right word. Yeah. And so finding finding your joy again. And, and I think also, um, yes, setting aside time for the things that bring you joy, but also um, asking, asking ourselves, whatever we're doing, whatever it is, how can this be more fun? How can I make this more fun? Fun should, yeah. you know, fun needs to be at the top of our list, not at the bottom, because here's the thing, when we're having fun, we can't be stressed. <laughs> Things just seem to flow. Um, it's a different way of being. And, you know, we, as you said, Jim, we get caught up in the, the everyday having to put food on the table, pay the mortgage, you know, and we get caught up in this and we can just lose that sense of joy. Um, and then everything seems hard. And then we can't be as present with our children and we can't experience it's much harder to just experience things being present, just being, it's harder to be present. <laughs> you know what? There was, a, there was one thing that I also came across um, and I might've heard this from um, Melanie Taylor, which I think I know you've met Melanie. Yep. And it was um, the five regrets of the dying. Yes. And, you know, these are people. Um, so this, I'll, I'll look at two ways and I'm going to bring in COVID. Here are, you know, people that are on their deathbed. Yep. You know, I think she was a cancer nurse. And they asked them questions. And the most common thing that came up for people, whatever the age was, I wish I could be more me. That's mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some you know, other things included friends and having fun and doing what I want to do. And spending more time with family. A lot of men. Yeah, bet that they didn't spend more time with their family when they were busy trying to provide for their family. Yep, yep. Right. So I looked at all that stuff and, mm. you know, I have a young boy, he's three and a half, and I think a lot about this stuff and I try not to make it, you know, but it's obviously in the back of my head, you know, I want to be a good father and, you know, I want to um, be present and playful with him as much as I can. Yeah. So, yeah, like that was a thing. Like if time is already limited as it is, you know, and, and we can pass away. And then I, I saw similar things in COVID times, obviously, mm -hmm. the last 18 months where it's almost like the fire was replicated with people because of what they're going through and businesses suddenly shutting in a very short time frame. And then how do you work out finances and looking after children at home and homeschooling and relationships now living in one room together like that? It's very tough, you know. Yeah, yeah. So... Jim, can you tell us a bit more? So the I'm Just a Man Foundation has an annual event. When is the next event? So um, normally we meet in person as a gala. For the last, last year we went virtual. We will be going virtual again this year. Mm -hmm. It'll be held Friday night, the 19th of November, uh, between 6.15 and 9.15 at the approximate times at the moment. Okay. And we've got a great theme this year called The Gift, My Brother, My Sister. Mm. And what we're going to be doing is something that we, we always do different things every year anyway, but we're going to have it when you purchase your ticket, which we're looking at the moment, because it's the fifth gala, we want to kind of have a theme. It's $55, trying to keep the price low, plus 
anyone that if they need it sent to them that plus obviously postage but there'll be five gifts in there that we will go through during the night um, we're going to reflect on the first five years of i'm just a man and obviously as we come out of covid mm. um, and really just create this kind of connection because obviously zooms can be a bit challenging but this kind of connection where people when they get their gift box they're not allowed to open it until the night so oh that's so cool that's oh, so great true. so that way we keep people engaged yes yeah? so, and it'll be oh, unique but- there'll be some practical stuff in there that you and you know there's some you know connecting to other yep. spiritual lives like it's going to be powerful yep and you've got a great lineup of speakers i was just um checking it out checking it out before um do you want to just mention a couple of the speakers you'll have on the night jim Oh, so this year we're still organising it, but okay. we're, we're, we're looking at what, what we're doing this year is we're bringing back our, our MC that was from year one and two. It's um, Duncan Kerr. Mm-hmm. He has a unique story. He's, um, believe it or not, he was very close friends with an AFL player that took his life a few years back, Danny Frawley. I didn't know that, but I like to, he'll share something about that where we're um, getting another AFL player to come back in this year. We've got the DJ guy coming back. And we're, we're approaching a couple of big names, which I can't say anything at the moment. Yep, sure. Um, but fingers crossed that comes through. What we want to sort of really focus on this year, Sally, is really more about the gift box, you know. The, the, we always, I know we'll get speakers like we always do, um, but we want people to really go, we're going back to just that, centeredness and gratitude and yeah. yeah just connecting on another level which i think we'll end up bringing into the gala anyway oh, <laughs> you know, we always yeah. find ideas and keep going forward so yeah and we all unwrap it together and there's all this kind of magic around that you know so absolutely um and so if people want to be a part of it jim um what's your website or how do they get into so the website is um thank you the website is imjustaman.com.au the way people will um, find us, we will put a link out in Eventbrite very soon. Um, the event is just under seven weeks away, so we've got a bit of time. But I'm I start beginning my spruiking now, so I want to I want the box in my hand before I want to actually show people the box so they yep. know what they're going to get. Yep. Not inside, but what they're going to get. Um, you know, and 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 you're also able to donate, which which you get your donation receipt because we are a um, DGR to charity. So, yeah. Yep. Fantastic. So I'm just a man.com.au. Yep. Great. Um, so are there any other thoughts that you want to share with us um, or with listeners before we sign off? I want to say, say thank you, Sally, for the time I've known you. Um, believe it or not, you're, you're certainly an inspiration for me. I don't know if you know that, but you are. Probably because you do a bit of the music stuff and mental health. It's like, well, it doesn't get better than that, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, like anyone, I encourage people um, out there, if you are challenged, to reach out. If you're obviously desperate and challenged, to reach out to emergency services and get involved with someone like Sally. You know, it, it's about you've got you to do the work. You know, I won't say unfortunately, but you do, we all got to work on something and it's, it, it's worthwhile. You know, it's worthy to work on it. And the, the results are there. It's, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't ever want to say that, but I certainly keep working on myself. And that's, the, I believe sometimes that's where the greatest gift is, is the ability to keep working on yourself and 
seeing the gratitude, the two sides, and the blessings to the experiences that we go through. I've always believed that life is on the way, not in the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jim. And, and, you. and you know, ditto when it comes to being an inspiration to, for myself and for so many other people I know as well. So thank you for all you do and thank all you, that you Sally. offer, Jim. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for being a part of this conversation and this community. Thank you for tuning in and taking the time um, to participate and be with us. Um, and, you know, we'd love it if you were to give us a review or a comment. We'd also love it if you were to share this episode with other people you know would be interested or who would benefit from it. Um, and you can also connect with us on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook via I am Sally Wilson. So thanks again, Dr. Jim Skivalidas. And thank you. Thank you, listeners, and I'll look forward to meeting with you over the waves next time. <laughs> <laughs>